Hi, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Judging a Book by Its Cover. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Josh. And on this podcast, we judge a book purely by its cover, its summary, and the first paragraph. And we're going to do a full in-depth review of the book. Right. So how about we start off with the most famous segment, perhaps the most famous book, right? Why don't we judge the book of life? It's a very important book. It's very near and dear to all our hearts. Exactly. Uh, So why not review that book by its cover first? Matt, uh, what's the book of life gotten for you today? Uh, Very tired um, and going to school and talking in Japanese at our Japanese conversation table. So... That sounds really interesting. Now, you were telling me earlier that there was some guy who just walked in late and started, like, just speaking this very fluent Japanese. Yeah, exactly. He, he came in and, and he sat down and it motivated me to study Japanese more because uh, while I was listening, I caught only about 5% of what they were saying and couldn't really parse it out until the guy who led the table was like, oh, uh, this is what I said when he said it in English. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Man, so how many people were there at KSU? Um, there was nine people at the conversation table and there was less people as a whole at KSU because it was raining. So it was like, okay, so there's plenty of places to park. No, but I think that's pretty awesome having like nine people who can speak Japanese in a Georgia campus. Like that's not bad. It's Mm, not terrible. I I wouldn't say speak. I'd say like can kind (laughs) of, there was like four people. There was probably like five people who could kind of understand, and then there was like four people in that room who actually could like speak it with any level of like fluency. What uh, like if you had to put a grade level on where you were speaking, and then where the guy who was like really good was speaking? Uh, probably I'm beginner, and he would probably be intermediate. Like I'm like very beginner, and he'd probably oh, so be he's like, not even like expert. No, no, he he just could like he could converse. Like he couldn't like I don't think he could really um like emote that like well like i don't if he went to japan i don't think necessarily he'd be able to have like deep conversations with people okay yeah my, my book of life uh, i've been watching a lot of the free solo stuff about alex honold mm-hmm. he's a free solo climber who climbed el capitan which is in his words the like the most impressive uh, climbing rock you can climb in america it's in yosemite park mm. and he, he he's a really interesting guy he lives in a van and he drives it into Yosemite every day and just climbs. Um, and so they did this documentary, Free Solo, and it won it won the Best Documentary Award at the Oscars. Mm. Uh, so I'm probably going to watch that tonight, but I've just been watching YouTube videos. He did a podcast with Joe Rogan, and it's really, it's really interesting getting in the mind of someone like that who... Now, he says he's not a thrill seeker, but that, that's exactly what it is. You know, it's like... Just looking at him on the on the rock makes you feel queasy. Yeah, like you kind of hold your breath for fear of him. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think the camera crew and the director were way more nervous than Alex was. Right. Well, he's probably done it like a thousand times. So yeah, that's what he was. It. He was saying it all came down to, um, like you want to mitigate risk at all costs. So everything is perfect execution. He didn't go up free solo the first time. He mm. spent like hours upon hours upon hours practicing the moves with the rope. Mm. And then when he finally was ready, he went and did it with no rope. Yeah. And he did it. it he said most people do it in, in like a, a couple days. It takes oh. him a couple days. He yeah. did it in four hours. Nice. 
Yeah, so he's very good. Pretty good. All right, so let's go ahead and judge the the first book by its cover. Uh, so our first book is um, Circe by Madeline Miller. And the description of the cover is that of a... It looks like a... Um, it's like a orange lady... <laughs> And it's like a drawing. It's it's reminiscent of like a um, Greek, like an urn, like a like an artwork on an urn. You yeah, know? you definitely see this on pottery or maybe on a wall somewhere. It's a it's a, like an artistic impression of, um, you know, like some sort of Greek god or Greek image. I think it's I think it's actually supposed to be Circe. Like I think it's her. Like with her, she got like a headdress on, and. Um, yeah, and it says, uh, so we're going to go into the description, uh, the summary on Amazon. It says, a bold and subversive retelling of the goddess's story, this number one New York Times bestseller is both epic and intimate in its scope, recasting the most infamous female figure from the Odyssey as a hero in her own right. Um, so the actual book description says, in the house of Helios, god of the sun and mightiest of the titans, a daughter is born. But Circe is a strange child, not powerful like her father, nor viciously alluring like her mother. Turning to the world of mortals for companionship, she discovers that she possesses power, the power of witchcraft, which can transform rivals into monsters and menace the gods themselves. Threatened, Zeus banishes her to a deserted island, where she hones the occult craft, tames wild beasts, and crosses paths with many of the most famous figures in all of mythology, including the Minotaur, Daedalus, and his doomed son Icarus, the murderous Medusa, and, of course, wily Odysseus. But there is a danger, too, for a woman who stands alone, and Circe unwittingly draws the wrath of both men and gods, ultimately finding herself pitted against one of the most terrifying and vengeful of the Olympians. To protect what she loves most, Circe must summon all her strength and choose, once and for all, whether she belongs with the gods she is born from or the mortals she has come to love. With unforgettably vivid characters, mesmerizing language, and page-turning suspense, Circe is a triumph of storytelling, an intoxicating epic of fantasy family rivalry, palace intrigue, love and loss, as well as a celebration of indomitable female strength in a man's world. Wow. that I'm not going to lie when I say that. That must, might be one of the best descriptions of a book ever. It's very long. Like, it's, it's very long, but it's very compelling. Yeah. And now you, you stated that you would even be interested in reading this book. Yes. Uh, I found this on Goodreads um, last year, and it was a... Uh, it was a book that was like uh, voted Goodreads best uh, fantasy book. It won their best fantasy book award of last year. That's so. awesome. I'm a sucker for like Greek mythology or mythology in general. Mm. Um, I don't know a lot about Circe. Do mm. you know much about she, Circe? So uh, Odysseus, like you know, on on his Odyssey, he goes and he's like. You know, it's like where Poseidon like curses him to sail the sea for like twenty years or whatever, and so he crash lands on this like island and it's like him visiting these other islands and he, he gets to this island and she's the only inhabitant of the island and she's a witch named Cersei. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and do a look inside. Okay. So we'll try to read the um, first paragraph and we will rate the book and then we will also um, try to come up with the ending of it. So let's see. Chapter one, you know, very good name for the chapter chapter. right Uh, all in caps by the way when i was born 
all in caps, comma, the name for what I was did not exist. They called me a nymph, assuming I would be like my mother and aunts and thousands of cousins. Least of the lesser gods, our powers were so modest they could scarcely ensure our eternities. We spoke to fish and nurtured flowers, coaxed drops from the clouds or salt from the waves. That word, nymph, paced out the length and breadth of our futures. In our language, it means not just goddess, but bride. Interesting. I think it's interesting that they're telling it from the first person perspective. Mm. Um, I was, I don't know, at first glance, I was expecting it to be more of a third person narrative. Right. The The first person is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they possibly chose to do that. The, the author possibly chose to do that because, um, you know, like the Odyssey, and I'm pretty sure that's told in third person. You don't, you don't get a lot of insight into personal narrative right i think this could make it a lot more compelling um mm-hmm. and you get a lot more insight from that first person yeah it's like the odyssey is kind of like a like a the third person narrator like because it's like a both like the iliad and the odyssey are like framed as a, a a person like the person who's performing it on stage would be telling this story of odysseus so it's not actually from odysseus's point of view it's just like he him as the main character and um yeah cersei seems like it's trying to take a villain and kind of turn her into not necessarily humanizer right humanizer in a way that like makes sense you know um so the cover right it's pretty it's pretty intricate like it's it's just like the it's it's, it's simple it's simple but like it kind of pops. That's that's what I was going to use too. Right. It's like the the orange woman pictograph on the front and like the very minimalist background, which is just it's a black background. Yeah. If this was sitting on the shelf at Barnes and Noble, it, I'd I'd pick it up and definitely like check it out and read the back of it. Yeah. So, what? I know a little bit about the story. So okay. I'm. I might abstain from this, but what do you think, solely based on the first paragraph and the description, what do you think the ending of this book is going to be? All right, so she has to decide whether she's going to take the side of, of men or gods. Is that that right? I, I think so. I think that said that at the end. Um, oh, this is interesting. I think maybe... I think she's going to choose the humans. I think she's going to realize that the gods, um, kind of assholes, they, they are ruining humanity in a way. Mm. And I think she's going to, she's going to side with the humans and decide that the, the gods need to go and leave the humans alone. I think that she's going to decide that she's just going to be by herself. Like, I think she's not going to type. Oh, she's going to hate both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this is, I, I'm assuming it's going to be like that old tale where it's like the gods are like fighting her or something. And they're like, you're weak because you're human. Right. And she's like, no, I'm strong because I'm a human. Right. And she's like, Oh, okay. Hold on. I got, <laughs> I got a line. I got a line. You say, um, you're weak because you're human. And she goes, no, I'm strong. Cause I'm Cersei. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in between. I'm in betwixt, or whatever they'd say. Back I, in the no, day. that's interesting. The she chooses to isolate herself. Yeah, like I feel like she probably um, doesn't feel at home 
between the gods and maybe the humans are like, oh, she's too powerful, she's a witch. And then the gods are like, oh, she's too powerful, she's a witch, but she's also weaker than us. So, like, she doesn't really fit in anywhere. I feel like that's probably where the narrative would go. Both sides ultimately reject her. Mm -hmm. And she kind of, because she sees both sides, she understands both their flaws and their strengths, but ultimately determines that neither side is, like, really worthy of her yeah and they they're too stubborn in their ways to see the big picture and she kind of has that big picture big picture perspective and i like that i like that a lot do you think she's gonna be a bad guy do you think she might be like i think she i think it's going to we're gonna sympathize with her we're gonna see why she kind of turns into this this bad guy okay yeah maybe like maybe a like a misunderstood definitely like, misunderstood she's just evil because like back then women who were like empowered or evil right and then they're like oh she's she can think she speaks she's she thinks, evil she thinks for herself yeah she's so evil right and she's very powerful we need to like kill her dangerous women right any 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 female that has a thought to herself is a danger to the society and her disease is like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, back where I come from, women don't really speak. <laughs> um, so uh, let's give it a rating, Matt. Uh, I like to hear your rating. So I like the cover a lot. Um, description pretty good. Really long. Very long description. Felt like I read half the book just in that description. You alone. read more than the paragraph we read in the description. And the paragraph, honestly, was not not that great. I, I I wasn't I wasn't I was intrigued by the paragraph, but I wasn't like immediately hooked. I'm gonna give it your dad's favorite sci-fi novel. All right, for those of you who aren't familiar with the rating, the rating goes from least to greatest. It goes dime store romance, young adult fan fiction, or young adult uh, novel. And then those are the negative reviews, and the positive reviews go good, which is uh, your dad's favorite sci-fi novel, and then great, which is the next Gatsby. The Gatsby of our generation, yes. Sir. So you think you think it's gonna be a solid find? I I think I we're we're not solely based on these facts alone. I think it's your dad's uh, favorite sci-fi novel, right? Or it could be since it'd be your mom's favorite mythology mythological novel that, fancy can be a, novel that can be a new category you know so it's i think they're pretty equivalent you know i'm gonna go hmm. i'm gonna go your dad's favorite sci-fi novel I, mm, mm-hmm. part of me wants so badly to give it the gaps gatsby stamp of approval right but there's a, that's so it's such a special rating it, it it is a tier unto its own and i feel like the, the book is probably really good and it's and since you were already interested in reading it and after our discussion I actually am it's it's what thir- fourteen dollars on Kindle twelve dollars paperback right I might pick this up and read it actually. exactly exactly it, it's it's interesting and her previous book the um, song of Achilles is apparently just as good uh, my friend actually read both of these and she said she loved them she didn't tell me anything about them. Um, but she said she loved this book, so I'm definitely, I would definitely pick it up, right? And and the and the 
Listen, your dad's favorite sci-fi novel, not not a bad We're rating. not knocking it. We're not knocking it at all. We're not knocking the cover at all or the, the summary or the look inside, right? We're just, you know, we're saying that, like, all these do not equate to the Gatsby of our generation. And I like to point out, all the reviews are purely objective. There's mm. no subjectivity going on right. here. Right. These are unbiased, <laughs> blatantly honest reviews. Exactly. We... we Everything that we've said is factual, right? It's not It's not up for debate. It is, this is how it is. And it, when we give our review, we can't go back, right? We cannot go back. Even I think, if you read the book. Even if we read back. the book and it's literally the best book I've ever read. It's still your dad's favorite sci-fi novel. The cover. The cover. The cover. The cover. <laughs> All right. That was Cersei by Madeline Miller. Uh Pick it up if you're interested or check it out on Amazon. Or don't check it out on Amazon. Just pick actually, it. Yeah, pick, actually don't. We support. Don't, you don't want Jeff Bezos getting any more money. Support your local businesses. Listen, capitalism, you know, we all have to live under it, right? But <laughs> don't but, perpetuate it. But pick it up. Support your local businesses. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So uh, moving on, our next book. It's, uh, it's a little different than the first three books we've reviewed in this podcast history. It's a, uh, a cooking book called mm. Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, Mastering the Elements of Good Cooking. It uh, came out April 25th, 2017, and it was written by Samin Nosrat, um, illustrated by Wendy McNaughton. And Wendy McNaughton did a bang-up job on this cover. Yo, that's a dope-looking so, cover. to describe it to you guys... We have the words salt fat above the words acid heat, kind of in this crayon looking mm. uh, font. And then underneath we have your smorgasbord of mayo, ketchup, tomatoes, onions, just, you know, all the things you're going to find at your grandma's kitchen mm. when she's, you know, baking up shepherd's pie or she's, you know, making a sandwich for you. This is definitely like feels like home i love the i love the i love the font as well that's perfect it's like it's like this weird like art deco um like you said it's kind of like it doesn't look like necessarily crayon but it looks like something that a person would like draw on like a uh like a chalkboard yeah all the all the text looks drawn yeah it looks really good and then the the food as well the food's like kind of minimalist like all of it it looks you can immediately tell what it is but at the same time, it's like minimalist enough to where it's not like, oh, this looks exactly like the real life. Thing. And uh, let me point out for the listeners, uh, these are all ingredients we're mm. looking at. Not, uh, it's not a completed food. Right, right. So we have like garlic, lemons, all the all the ingredients that are ready to go to make a great dish. Mm. Um, so great cover. Really like it. Let's read the description. Oh, uh, by the way, it is now a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a New York Times bestseller and winner of the 2018 James Beard Award for Best General Cookbook. Wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, it has a bunch of endorsements from a bunch of newspapers. Not going to read them all, but let me read the description. A visionary new masterclass in cooking that distills decades of professional experience into just four simple elements. From the woman declared America's next great cooking teacher by Alice Waters. In the tradition of the joy of cooking and how to cook everything comes fault. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> comes salt, fat, acid, heat. 
an ambitious new approach to cooking by a major new culinary voice. Chef and writer Samin Nosrat has taught everyone from professional chefs to middle school kids to author Michael Pollan to cook using her revolutionary yet simple philosophy, master the use of just four elements, salt, which enhances flavor, fat, which delivers flavor and generates texture, acid, which balances flavor, and heat, which ultimately determines the texture of the food, and anything you cook will be delicious. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Getting sold on a cookbook. I'm liking it so far. So we're, these are like earth, wind, fire, and I don't know what the fourth one is. Water. What? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but in uh, food, which is salt, fat, acid, heat. Right. The salt benders, the fat benders, the acid benders, and the heat benders. I like how they. Uh, I like how she her approach. She distills it down to just four simple elements that are used in almost every dish. Yeah. I, I, I do enjoy the uh the minimalist aspect of, of it and apparently she's a master or he or she is a master chef. Um seems very renowned. Yeah. I don't know who this person is. I've seen I've seen this pop up on Netflix, the the show. Yeah, I haven't watched the Netflix show. Alright, we're gonna do it look inside. Be interesting to read the cookbook. Give a first paragraph of the cookbook. Yeah. And then we have to determine the ending of the cookbook as well. It's going to be... Oh, we, oh, wow. We do have an introduction. Okay. Let me uh, zoom in here. The text is really small. This is exciting stuff. We actually have a uh, nice introduction to it. So, Josh, why don't you go ahead and read the first paragraph? Anyone can cook anything and make it delicious. That's just the first sentence. <laughs> Whether you've never picked up a knife or you're an accomplished chef, there are only four basic factors that determine how good your food will taste. Salt, which enhances flavor. Fat, which amplifies flavor and makes appealing texture possible. Acid, which brightens the balances. And heat, which ultimately determines the texture of the food. Salt, fat, acid, and heat are the four cardinal directions of cooking. This book shows how to use them to find your way in any kitchen. Okay, so first, first thing I want to comment... One thing I really like about that paragraph and one thing I hate about that paragraph. Interesting dichotomy here. Um, the first one is I love anytime you say four things are the cardinal direction of whatever. I think that's fantastic. That's a fantastic use of like, oh, we have four things. It's the cardinal direction of cooking. That's great. Uh, don't like the fact that they reused the thing from the back, the the thing from the summary where they were talking about each one and what it does. I think... I think maybe the summary, I think the summary stole from the book, not the other way around. Oh, 100%. Um, I, I, let's see if it's actually on the back cover because it'll show us. Yeah, so on the back cover, it doesn't even actually say that. So It's just in the summary. So how about the summary's at fault? Yeah, we got to knock the summary down a few pegs. Yeah, I think... Not great. The, 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 the cover itself, beautiful. It can stand alone. Yeah, and then the... First paragraph, pretty good, right? Summary, not so, not so good. No, no. And I think honestly, Jeff Bezos did drop the ball on that one when he was writing it. When he was sitting there and he's like alone at night, counting his bajillions of dollars, and he's like writing with a like a solid gold pen, and he's sitting there and he's like, okay, how do I summarize this book? Just take the first paragraph. We'll we'll do it, right? And he talks about like the how many awards it's won. My guess is that he was probably writing this, put a lot of thought and care but then he got the whole blackmailing scandal mm. and uh, had addressed that so he just copied and pasted 
the uh, the first paragraph, and he was like, "Yeah, that'll do." Yeah, he was like, he, he was he heard he got a phone call, ring ring. Oh, hello, this is Mr. Is this Mr. Bezos? Yes. Oh, well, hi, this is the boss over at this Amazon distribution center. Uh, listen, the employees are rioting because we're firing them and we're making them work too hard. And he's like, oh man, I got to deal with this. But I'm writing this summary. He's just like copies and pastes it. Like he cuts, he literally cuts out the first page of the book and. Pa- like hands hands he pasted it, it onto his computer monitor. <laughs> he, hands, he hands the paper to his assistant and says, "Just make that the just make that the summary." <laughs> just I don't know. It was won a bunch of awards, right? And she's like, I, "I guess." And he's just like, "Say it's a Netflix series. I don't care." That actually will probably sell anything. <laughs> like you don't even need a summary. Just put it's a Netflix series on the cover of the book, and you're you're selling like hotcakes. And listen to this as well. The note available at lower price from other sellers, potentially without free prime shipping. Ooh, boo. Right. Like we want we do our, not endorse other sellers. Yeah. We, we do not endorse that. Jeff Bezos wants his money. We, he needs it, you know, but the list price pretty expensive. Hardcover 2250, but you got to think you're paying for the book oh, but that's, and the cover, but that's discounted. Look at the list price. Look at the little crossed out. Thirty-seven fifty. Thirty-seven. We are getting a freaking bargain. We're we are getting a bargain, right? Uh, support your local bookstores, but maybe for fifteen dollars, I don't know if supporting your local bookstores is it, Chief. Um, it is. It's on Amazon charts most sold, and um, I think that because of all these factors, we need to discuss what the ending of the book is going to be, which is going to be interesting for a cookbook, a first, and maybe a last for this podcast. Who knows? Who knows? We could... Hey, there could be another Netflix series that comes out and there's like, oh, we cook stuff too. And it's like, oh... If, uh, if Wendy McNaughton does another cookbook, we'll probably review it. Yeah. So, what do you think... What do you think the ending is going to be? So, we've got four factions, right? Salt, fat, acid, That's heat. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some alliances made possibly between salt and fat and mm. then acid and heat. Um... You know, the kitchen is kind of analogous to our current global affairs. (laughs) Um, You know, there's these divisive factions, allies in the kitchen, but there's a common a common table where all the ingredients are are mixed in a a melting pot of sorts. Right. Um, And it represents the last bastion of hope. Mm. Um, But ultimately, that dream is ruined and and the the. The, the the thing you're cooking isn't actually uh, finished because the, the factions just can't come to an agreement. Mm, I like that. I think my, my take on it was going to be that um, we're going to go a little autobiographical here. Ooh. Right? So Samin Nos, Nosrat, if that is how you pronounce his or her name. It's a story or of her life? Their their name. It's the fact that the teacher... <laughs> The teacher at the cooking school was like, you can never make make it with salt, fat, acid, and heat. And they are like, I'll show you, teacher. I'm definitely going to make it with just salt, fat, acid, and heat. And he's like, what about the culinary arts? You're destroying this institution. And they're like, no, I can prove to you it's wrong. And they, they start cooking, right? They they could possibly get like a little rat under their little cooking hat that helps them cook with salt fat. They also meat. can't smell. <laughs> yeah, and and um, you know, Samin's just like trying to smell, but I, I can't smell salt and fat and acid and heat. And the little rats like can talk, and he's like, "Oh, I can," and he's like helps Samin 
cook with it. And then, like, when Samin sits down years later, right, rats' lifespans aren't that long, dead, taught them how to, taught them how to cook, right? They sit down, and they're writing this book, and they're like, I believe in the four cardinal directions, which are salt and fat and acid and heat. And the reason why they're all capitalized on the cover is because when they go and, and hand the book to their old master, the master looks at it and he looks like he's getting angry. And she's like, or he, they're like, yeah. And they walk away and the master just kind of looks down at it. And like the camera <laughs> pans over the book and a single tear is dropping down the master's face. Cause he's proud. <laughs> The end. <laughs> That's the ending of the book. Finn. Finn. <laughs> and then the crowd stands up and feathers applause. <laughs> yeah. It says some like some like French subtitle or something at the end, and then the credits roll playing like this really sad. Oh, man. Where's the Oscar? Yeah, exactly. Where's the Emmy? It's a Netflix series. Oh. Oh, wow. That's a great take. I like that a lot. All right. Well, we've discussed the book. We've talked about the the our three elements. We don't have a fourth element, I don't think. Right. Um, but let's go ahead and review this. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm sorry. I'm giving it the Gatsby. I, this is monumental. Like, just the simplicity. And it seems like... You know, you could get a lot and learn a lot from this book. And I, I'm not saying it's a Gatsby of literature, but it might be the Gatsby of cooking. And the co- the cover alone is a Gatsby of cover. Well, like we say, we have to judge the book solely based on its cover, its synopsis, and its first paragraph, right? So, I was actually going to give it the same thing. I was giving it the Gatsby of our generation as well. Summary. Listen. <clears throat> listen. Okay, so... The problem, the only problem that this book has is one, it's a cookbook, right? I'm not going to read a cookbook. I don't care how to cook, right? I just eat out all the time, right? Your boy's just fix that. This could help you. Your boy's just a fat slob, right? And so here's the deal that, and then also, I don't think I can necessarily, I can knock Jeff Bezos down all day long, right? For writing that really crappy summary. You know, like he had a lot on his plate. There's like a couple parts in that summary that are crap. The rest of it's all right. You know, he had to deal with, like, stealing workers' rights. But the thing about it is, the fact that the cover is so good, and the fact that the first paragraph was so good, and the fact that the summary was passable, I think it still deserves the Gatsby of our generation. Yes, Matt. Yes. (laughs) Yes. A a rating that we don't hand out willy-nilly. Justice for salt, fat, acid, heat. It's about time. You know, we keep hearing we, we keep hearing the uh, naysayers, the people who say, no, like I, you can't just no cook with salt. Cream. Yeah, no. fat sucks, acid it's sucks, and art. heat sucks. You have to like do a bunch of stuff. It's really complex and hard. And then this person comes and they just shake the status quo. It's the traditional underdog it's story. It's a cooking disruptor. It's a traditional underdog story. And it is. A, it's a cooking disruptor. It disrupted the cooking world. They say, oh, you can never do this. And Samin's like, Nah, fam. Like, hold my beer, which I'm going to use to cook with. Bingo. So, yeah, if you're interested in this book, uh, there's actually a Netflix series out. And a Di- uh, Pixar made a movie called... Is that Pixar or Disney? Who did Ratatouille? That's uh, Pixar. Yeah, it's loosely based off of this book, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. I think that I think they took the life story of Samin and they're like, all right, just animate it. But also, like, instead of having the master, right, make him like a food critic and he's going to be the villain of the piece, which I think, honestly, they should have went with the master because I feel like the master element, like, really kind of honed in the fact that this was such an underdog story. Wow, what a what a great ending! What a, what, what a, two great books today! Yeah, we pick some we pick some good books. Exactly, when we just like threw dartboard, like when we had like all the books printed out on like our dartboard, and we were like, okay, business meeting, everybody, and like us and like our two un- underpaid interns were started throwing dart darts at the board. It's it's rare that it it hits two good books in a row, and one intern, and yeah, one intern. Yeah, it's rare that it only hit hit one intern. I agree with that. Well, that wraps it up for us today, guys. Uh, new episodes out pretty much every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we'll say that. Every yeah, Wednesday. every Wednesday. We're we we're gonna do it originally. Um, we're gonna do it uh, biweekly, but then we had so much fun recording the first episode that we wanted to do this weekly. Um, and also, we have a Gmail. So, if listeners want to write in and send us an email, they can send it at. Um, they can send it at judging a book by its cover pod at gmail.com. So if you want to send us like fan or if you just want to tell us fan mail or you just want to tell us like what books to review or, um, you know, just tell us how amazing we're doing at reviewing these books solely based on their covers, their synopsis and their summaries. Like let us know also if you've uh, picked up any of these books or watched any of the series related to them. But don't don't let us know if we got the ending right. Yeah, wrong. please, no spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Why would you do that? I don't know. People are weird. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good day. See you.